All of the newest episodes of Note to Self are now available on the Luminary Podcast app. It's free to download, and you can also listen to other podcasts from WNYC Studios like Radiolab, Two Dope Queens, Snap Judgment, Here's the Thing with Alec Baldwin, and others. Luminary Premium is the only place where you can enjoy the entire new season of Note to Self, plus new original podcasts you won't find anywhere else from Trevor Noah, Roxanne Gay, Guy Raz, Lena Dunham, and many more. And you can enjoy them ad-free. Start your free trial by going to luminary.link slash note to self or download the Luminary app for free. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Cyber threat is going to get worse before it gets better. Engaged in a multifaceted campaign to undermine our democracy. A variety of different attacks. And hurt one of the candidates. Weaken the possibilities of American power in the world. It's an ongoing threat. A Russian tool. We need to drill down to this. Know what happened. Botnets. Bad actors. are becoming more aggressive. Phishing tools. More ingenious and more tenacious. Sprawling criminal investigations tech company lawyers testifying on Capitol Hill about Russian disinformation. And spy lingo getting thrown around like it's 1977 instead of 2017. I'm Manoush Samarodi, your guide to this accelerating world. And I don't know about you, but I am so not cool with being disinformed. So note to self, when the situation gets confusing... Break down the terminology. Take the mystery out of the jargon, the geopolitical jargon. Last week, we went macro and we looked at the big picture. Russia, democracy, social media. But this week and next, we're going to go micro. Parsing words that explain a new era of information warfare. Words like active measures, advanced persistent threat, and bad actors. No, not Keanu. Let's understand why old vernacular, particularly when it comes to Russia, can have fascinating new meanings when the tactics play out online. And to get us up to speed, we have gotten you and me a tutor. Actually, let's think of her as our own personal geopolitical coach. I'm Molly McHugh. I am a consultant and information warfare expert. I have advised foreign governments and political parties and done some other work on countering Russian propaganda specifically. Molly McHugh is fluent in spy jargon. And she knows a lot about the various ways that Russia and the United States have tried to influence each other's citizens over the past century. And one of the primary ways they do this is using something called Active measures. What does that even mean? It's a very good question. You know, I think active measures has become a little bit of a buzzword since the U.S. presidential election in 2016. And um, it's all these things that I tend to describe as sort of shadow warfare stuff. So it's influence, it's a variety of other things, but at the core of all of them is kind of the concept of subversion Mm. to influence populations in a target nation. Other countries do this as well, of course, but the Russians have really perfected it in a way that I think often leave other people in the dust. But Can I just ask then, does that mean then like an active measure isn't necessarily secret, but you may not know that it's even happening? 
Is that exactly. correct? Can you give an example? Sure. The launch of very specific information campaigns within Ukraine and Poland to sort of animate those populations against each other based on some bizarre historical re-narrative that isn't precisely true. The goal of which being that if Poland and Ukraine are fighting each other more politically and diplomatically, there's a lot more room in which Russia can maneuver to manipulate the outcomes of a variety of other things underway. So the sort of amplification of this very specific narrative in both of those countries through news or fake news or whatever you want to call it, through disinformation, through misinformation. Advanced persistent threat. Do you really throw that like acronym around like it's an APT? Never. No, never. Okay, why do I keep reading about it then? Tell me. It's a really wordy, complicated, tech nerd way of saying infiltration, essentially. So an advanced persistent threat is just if you are trying to gain access to a system, you hack in, gain access through a backdoor, get inside and look around and stay there and remove pieces of information that you want while not exposing yourself It's not really about um, blowing up a system. You just want to be able to see what's going on. There's like the five phases of an advanced persistent threat. Reconnaissance, incursion, discovery, capture, exfiltration. Like the DNC hack where you had somebody get into a system and remove information, you don't want to be discovered and you don't want to disrupt that system because it would show that you have been there. You want to just be able to go and get info and kind of get out without being seen. But that's really the question is we don't know what these attacks have been yet. Yeah. And I think that's the part that's really hard for people to sort of wrap their heads around. Yeah. People like the tech giants, members of the many investigations underway in Washington, D.C., we're all trying to wrap our heads around what happened. And so we'll have more after the break and what Keanu Reeves can teach us about information warfare. We'll be right back. I'm Anoush Samarodi, and it's note to self, Russia, the United States, two countries with a very complicated relationship. And while the technology may have changed a lot since the Cold War, the tactics, not so much. To be clear, we still don't know the true scope of Russian meddling in the 2016 presidential election. But we are learning more, like when Facebook told senators during its recent testimony on Capitol Hill that on the platform, likely over 150 million people saw Russian-generated posts. That's 15 times the company's original estimate. And some of those posts were crazy, like the photoshopped pictures of Aziz Ansari, the comedian. He was holding a sign encouraging people to vote by text. I guess the content farms in St. Petersburg don't know that Aziz quit social media. What we're talking about is a major foreign power with the sophistication and ability to involve themselves in a presidential election and sow conflict and discontent all over this country. This is a very big deal. California Democrat Senator Dianne Feinstein. These fake posts, designed to sow discord, the senators and the companies were clear. This was not just a problem during last year's election. It's right now, too. 
Here's Republican Senator Richard Burr from North Carolina chastising Facebook at the Senate Intelligence Committee hearings. We can't afford to kid ourselves about what happened last year. The companies are just beginning to come to grips with the scale and the depth of the problem. And the tech companies don't like problems that they can't measure. Why can't they measure it? Because Russia's goal is nebulous. Maine's independent senator Angus King explained. In order to exacerbate the divisions, their strategy is to take a crack in our society and turn it into a chasm. Oh, and we did learn one other thing when those tech companies were called to explain themselves to lawmakers. Some senators are just now learning basic digital vocab. Yeah. There's a whole new vocabulary that comes with this stuff. Impressions are different than views. Views are different than clicks. If anyone tells you they've got this all figured out, they're kidding themselves. Senator Burr, I feel your pain, but I know what a click is. Just tell us what those clicks mean in relation to your old-fashioned intelligence speak. For some clarity, let's turn back to my conversation with Molly McHugh. So we talked about active measures. I'm wondering if our next phrase is about the people carrying out these active measures. I'm wondering, like, bad actors. It makes me think of Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Sorry to all you Keanu fans out there, Matrix but fans. But if you go back to, like, the Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure days, come on. Yeah. The broader definition would definitely be, you know, a bad actor in the cyber slash internet realm would be any reliable threat to us and our interests and our allied interests. But I think in a very specific way, if you're talking about sort of the cyber universe, bad actors refer to things that we now sort of talk about in different categories botnets, phishing tools, different kinds of malware or ransomware. So bad actors are essentially just a range of different pieces of software that are doing malicious things. Oh, bad actors don't have to be people. No, not not at all. I mean, uh, it basically just refers to the, the malicious content of the Internet. I was reading, um, <laughs> as you do, reading about Ukraine. And my understanding is that they're sort of using Ukraine as a testing ground with various bad actors, both human and digital tools, to see what works to sow chaos in a country and then that they might use those bad actors on a bigger scale after they've been tested there. Is that correct? That's absolutely right. I mean, no matter how you want to define it, the Russians have been using Ukraine as essentially a laboratory to experiment with a variety of different kinds of electronic warfare, cyber attacks, different hacking schemes, different ransomware schemes. Basically, anything you would put in sort of the it involves a computer and it's bad and it's attacking you category, they're attacking in particular critical infrastructure. So there were significant portions of the Ukrainian power grid that were taken down by essentially a cyber attack. Um, That's definitely a bad actor. It's definitely a bad that. actor. Can in, you in, have a good actor? Sure. Like a Meryl <laughs> Streep of cyber attack. Um, in the sort of Baltic world, there's the, you know, the trolls who are sort of counted as the nasty social media actors. And they're sort of local groups that have established themselves, particularly in Lithuania and Estonia, as the elves. So like the good force that will combat mm. the bad forces on the Internet. 
In software and technology terms, I don't know that there are necessarily aggressive good actors in the way that we would want them, like a magical piece of software that circulates the internet making your computer safer. That would be great if someone wants to come up with it. But for the time being, no. <laughs> I Can don't I think ask, we have those. Like, the human version of these bad actors, like, who are these people? Like, what? I just picture, like, people wearing, like, you know, balaclavas and going, like, Wah, uh, uh. like wh- right, what the, is the their internet motive? Version of that. <laughs> yes. Well, some of it is the internet version of that. There's a hacker culture that is actually not so disconnected from regular programming culture that you would see in Silicon Valley and anywhere else, the core of which is essentially engineering is king. If you can do a thing then you should do it because that proves that you're the best at what you're doing in terms of programming or internet or anything else. And I think particularly when you're looking at the big attacks on infrastructure, massive ransomware attacks, malware attacks, increasingly these are no longer kind of guys in basements doing things for fun because there are tremendous consequences when you're caught for doing this stuff. It tends to be people who are connected to different intelligence services. Basically, the goal of all of it at its core is to weaken the possibilities of American power in the world and to weaken the narrative of the preeminence of the liberal world order as this core of security and prosperity in the modern world. And so that can can be. I I love how you're like, weaken America in the modern world, as though this is a phrase that you say (laughs) all the time to absolutely every person who asks you, like, yeah, no duh, this is the whole point of what they're trying to do with these active measures. It's really important to emphasize that it's not just a thing the Russians do or a thing they do to everyone, and it's not a thing that we really do in the way that the Russians do it. This is very specifically a Russian tool developed to attack the United States of America. If you're looking at the current list, it's essentially, you know, influence campaigns, all of their various news services, disinformation, misinformation, the ways that they use soft power and cultural outreach and religious outreach, you know, hacking and leaking and cyber attacks, corruption and money laundering, the creation of fake NGOs in a variety of places Mm. to sort of amplify narratives. So it's a really broad range of tools. There's sort of a simple definition that is really only defined by understanding the purpose, which is attacking the United States of America and NATO. In the modern context, it really is very specific to the Russian war on America. And we're very slow in understanding that and defining that and countering it. Never thought that I would be nostalgic for the days when a hacker referred to like a single nerd in a basement, not a state-sponsored agent. But here we are. Next week, more of Molly and Minouche's excellent adventure. Subscribe to the podcast and go tell one person to listen. It is good, wholesome information. And geopolitical terminology can be fun, dude. By the way, just a quick, maybe self-evident reminder that we just want to acknowledge there could be a podcast out there made by Russians in Russian who are defining their political jargon to better understand how we Americans are infiltrating their society. It's possible. The Note to Self team is Jen Poyant, Kat Aaron, Megan Kunane, and Jill Plourd. Many thanks to Hannes Brown for his beautiful scoring and Matt Boynton and Adriana Tapia for their help this week, too. Note to Self is a production of WNYC Studios. I'm Manoush Samarodi, and thank you so much for listening. Ah!
Excellent! <laughs>